1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now.
0: We're back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it, another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm going back to the bullpen after an impressive outing with Sam Ekstrom. We're gonna test that stamina. What's going on? Two Sam?
2: days in a row. Woo! This isn't this isn't very responsible bullpen management. Not I think at all. We gotta we I want to talk to my pitching coach about this.
0: Absolutely. Lots to discuss today, of course, starting with the Minnesota Wilds. We got Detroit Lions and draft expert Russell Brown from Woodward Sports coming in to help us break down the new look NFC North after draft weekend plus later on i'm putting sam on the hot seat with what does it mean it's all coming up on superior sports talk but first make sure to check out our other daily show on lockdown sports minnesota it's the ron johnson show featuring former gophers and nfl receiver ron johnson and producer who else sam ekstrom get the daily opinions of an athlete turned broadcaster ron johnson tells it like it is whether it's vikings gophers wolves or twins Subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or podcast feeds so you never miss an episode. All right. Well, Sam, you did a great job yesterday helping a novice hockey mind like myself cope with that brutal loss. The Wild took versus the Blues Monday. And now they have a chance to respond and rebound in a big way tonight. As we discussed yesterday, we were both disappointed not to see Talbot behind the net in game one. It feels like a virtual lock if he gets the nod in game two after watching Fleury give up four goals, right? I mean, is there any chance Talbot's not your starting goaltender tonight in what now feels like a must-win game for the Wild? I think there's a chance he's not. Um, okay. I would
2: I would go Talbot, I, and I laid mm-hmm. that out on the show, that I just think it would be a good shake-up to just change the vibe, change the mojo, get another good goaltender in there um, with sort of a fresh mindset. But I get, if you want to ride Marc-Andre Fleury, it, you believe in him, you believe that he'll bounce back, you believe that the players in front of him will play a little better and give him some more support, um, and you don't want to be too wishy-washy in your decision-making if you want to, like, stay really convicted. I understand why they might stick with flurry. So I would not call it a lock, but I think, I think it's 50, 50 at this point. I think that it's a coin flip on who starts. Um, I certainly would think if four more goals get scored on flurry this time and they lose and they're going to St. Louis, then I think you pull the plug and you, and you go to Talbot. Um, But I think that we might see flurry one more time. I, I don't know Luke, which is the most honest answer I can give, but I, I think it's up in the air honestly
0: I go off of like you know baseball starting pitchers like we know well in advance is this the norm is this because because it's playoff time like at what point do you expect to actually find out when is it announced when we're gonna hear who is behind net tonight?
2: yeah the wild played this very close to the vest before game one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they refused to officially confirm. I think they gave hints that it was going to be mm-hmm. flurry, and you know, oftentimes at morning skate, um, which is happening, okay. I think as we speak, mm-hmm. they there's there's some indication with you know which goalie is taking. Like think about a football practice, Luke. The first team reps, um, they yes, sort of have a hierarchy for for how the goalies take their their reps. Um, and even if the team doesn't officially tell us what happens at morning skate, might indicate who's going to start. And I think that news would drop probably in a couple hours from the time we're recording this. Um, and when people watch this, they might know, they might not for sure. But um, I, I think the team wants to keep the Blues on their toes because there is a different strategy for how you might approach Talbot versus Flurry. Uh, they have their strengths and weaknesses, and there's certain ways you'd want to shoot the puck at, at each respective goaltender.
0: But the Wild would like to create as much uncertainty as possible. I want to get into that little X's and O's, if you will, later on. But first, Sam, I know come playoff time, everyone is banged up. It's just part of the process, right? Grinding through a long, regular season, almost unheard of not to have at least a few dings at this point. And you're just forced to make the proper adjustments. You you hope your depth can hold strong. But are injuries quietly playing a bigger factor in this team's performance than maybe most fans are realizing right now? I mean, if the Wild lose this series, will that be something you look back and say, if only they were a little more healthy, that could have made a huge difference.
2: Yeah, hockey is one of those sports where a lot of times after the season, you find out some guy was playing with a torn labrum or a sprained MCL. Um, And hockey is probably one of the most secretive sports about injuries as well all they do is upper body, lower body, right? They don't really give you a body part. You don't really know what's going on because it's such a physical game. You don't want to expose your players to to punishment if teams are targeting their shoulder or their knee or what have you. Um, I know Jared Spurgeon had to come back from an injury late in the season. Don't know about his health. Marcus Foligno had an apparent knee injury in the season finale, and he played in that game on, on Monday night. No way he's 100%. I mean, he's gutting through something. That's a key defenseman. That's a key forward. You know, Jordan Greenway was was banged up toward the end of the year, too. Mm-hmm. And in in the sport of hockey, 82 games, that type of physicality, a lot of guys are playing banged up. So there's probably stuff we don't know about as well. But I do know that with Felino and Spurgeon, those are two of your team leaders. If they're not at 100%, um Uh, You know, you could definitely see that affecting this group. And Spurgeon, too, seemed frustrated on Monday, out of sorts. He fortunately avoided a suspension when he hacked a guy in the legs with his stick. Uh, I think he's going to have to pay a fine for that. But we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, I think the key, Luke, is is honestly get a goal on the board
0: early and just Mm -hmm. get that shutout out of your mind, right? You mentioned pending who's in net for the Wild May. You know, influence or impact the Blues' game plan. Huge football nerd here, as you know. Love the X's and O's part of the game, creating the game plan, leading into the week, uh, the the in-game halftime adjustments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In hockey, how much of the X's and O's play a factor? Like, how much film grinding is there, and is there any actual adjustments you expect the Wild to make tonight, or or think they need to make tonight? Or in hockey, is it just put your best players out on the ice and let them? Rip.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a fairly simplistic breakdown of Monday's game. Mm-hmm. Their power play was great. Our power play was crap. Mm-hmm. That's what Dean Evison's going to say in, in the film. And there's probably more nuance than that. And, and Luke, I've had, you know, I, I announced St. Thomas hockey games and I've had the privilege of sitting in and some college hockey film sessions. You wouldn't believe the detail that these coaches Mm. can go into with their players, teaching technique, body positioning, um, you know, how to go after a puck, how to absorb a check, how to distribute a check. Like there's so much more to hockey. Um, If you're like us, you don't play the game. uh, You might not realize. But I think that when you get down to it, Monday's game came down to the power play. Wednesday's game, tonight's game, could easily come down to the power play. And I'm going to say something radical, Luke. I mean, stop the presses. This is a hot take. Here we go. I would almost prefer if the Wild don't have a power play for a while in this mm. game. Mm. I would prefer them five on five. And here's why. Number one, their their analytics are extremely strong five on five. That's one of their strengths is when they are, you know, man to man against the other team. They seem to have this this extra something. I don't want them to have an early power play. The way the power play is going, they could easily fail on that power play and get in the fans' head, in the team's head, create tension early in the game. I would rather see them skate a full period five-on-five and just see what happens because that's where this team really can shine. I don't want them to go 0-for-2 in the first seven minutes of the game on the power play and then suddenly you're feeling that deja vu all over again. I'd like to see something a little different.
0: We all know the Blues have turned into the Wilds kryptonite, playing four games this season. They lose all four. You mentioned an even better stat yesterday, noting it's even actually worse than that. Last 14 games, Blues are 12-1-1 versus the Wild. You come out, you get throttled on home ice in game one. Just how critical is this game tonight for a variety of reasons? I mean, are we in must-win territory already? I'm not going to say must mm-hmm. and here's why. Home ice
2: in the hockey playoffs probably means less than any other sport. Mm. Hockey uh, hockey's the most random game. You get team like 8 seeds, 7 seeds going on runs way more often than you would in, in in basketball for instance and you see upsets much more often in hockey. And that happens because home ice is just a little less sacred in hockey playoffs. Hard to explain why that is. Um, but home ice doesn't seem to have as much impact in the postseason, which is odd because in the regular season, it seems to have a great amount of impact. The wild home record was unbelievable this year. Um, so was the blues home record for whatever reason, you kind of throw that out in the playoffs. So if you go down 0-2, you're in deep trouble, Luke. Don't get me wrong. Then you got to win four out of five, but I don't think, you. I mean, if the Blues can come here and win two, the Wilds certainly can go to St. Louis and win as well. I don't think that's impossible. But still, winning four out of five, if you think of what you would need to do in that situation, requiring you probably to win two in St. Louis's place, yeah, you'd have to win two there. That is a tough task. And just beating a team four out of five of that caliber is difficult. So um, I'm not saying must win, but you'd like to win. You hope to win. Uh, And if you don't, you're probably gripping the sticks pretty tightly in
0: Game 3. Wild look to leave Minnesota with a split tonight with the Blues before heading back to St. Louis to face off in Game 3. Friday, puck drop tonight, not until 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. Sam better sneak in a little cat nap. Going to be a long night for Wild fans. (laughs) Later on, I'm putting Sam on the hot seat with what does it mean, but first... You want some smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Lockdown team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysts after each game. Subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. All right, the time has come. My favorite segment is here. I'm putting Sam on the hot seat, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports called What Does It Mean? Sam, you ready to roll? Let's do it. So we just spoke about it in segment one. The Wild announced that Marc-Andre Fleury is your starter behind the net tonight in game two. Sam, right. I'll just lay it out pretty simply. What does it mean? It means that they're putting faith in the guy they traded for.
2: Um, and they are are you know, confident that their defense is gonna play better in front of him. Um, and that he, they're gonna ride with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I still think that if he struggles tonight, that you could see a change before game three. But I understand why a coaching staff wouldn't want to yank uh their their prize goaltender after one game. So while I was a little more on the Talbot train, as people know, I understand that you're sticking to your guns and you're believing in a guy who's been doing this at a high level for 15 years. So um, I respect the move and we'll see if it backfires or if it pays off. but um, I you know I, we were wondering if the wild would take this down to the wire with the decision.
0: Mm-hmm. They just came out flat and said, Uh, We believe in Marc Andre Fleury. So there you go. Next one. What does it mean with Sam? Twins won their 12th game in 13 meetings, moving to six games above 500 and first place in the Central Division. Offensively, they've outscored their opponents 63 to 25 during that stretch and 25 to 7 during their latest four game win streak. They've done all this with virtually any production. From Miguel Sano, who now finds himself on the DL with a torn meniscus he suffered, celebrating a win versus the Tigers. What does it mean for Sano's chances to return to the lineup when healthy and become an integral part of the Twins lineup like he once was? Or, Sam, are, are the days of Sano in a Twins uniform just quickly coming to an end now?
2: I think Miguel Sano has played his last game as a Twin. Wow. I'm saying that. Wow. Um, you said it. Wow. I'm, say- I'm saying that. So wow. he's hitting o ninety three. 93 0 ninety three. He's five <sighs> for fifty four. <laughs> you know just, they, she's coming around here though. They say that below <laughs> two hundred is the Mendoza line. I wonder what below one hundred is there is there a line? Is, is below uh below freezing, that's for sure. So uh he's potentially a free agent after this year. the The team mm-hmm. has a club option on his contract. So sort of like the fifth year option with Garrett Bradbury. I don't think that team's picking that option up. Miguel Sano has regressed into a liability on defense. He is a liability on the base paths because he's lost a lot of his speed. And he's a liability at the plate. He strikes out an inordinate amount. And I will give him credit for one to two months a year, figuring out his swing, putting together a streak, and he might even win the team a couple games during that stretch. But if Byron Buxton is a 5 tool player, Miguel Sano is... A one-tool player. Mm-hmm. He he is a home run threat occasionally, but we've gone through this too many times. Starting the year slowly to the point where you're expecting strikeouts every time he gets to two strikes in the count. I don't know uh, the severity of the meniscus surgery. Sometimes these guys can can bounce back quickly if they just cut the thing, if they shave it. Um, you know, Peterson had this for the Vikings in in uh, sixteen. Where the recovery could be short, could be long, um, but I'm not sure that you put this guy back in the lineup immediately. Anyway, I think this could be a long injured list stint, and I'm 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 calling it. Miguel Sano will not play for the big league club again.
0: There it is. You heard it first here from Twins general manager. Sam Ekstrom. Next one up. The NFL has announced there will be four games played in London this season, including the Minnesota Vikings taking on the New Orleans Saints. What does it mean when looking at the Vikings schedule just in a broader lens, Sam, and just how difficult is it for a team to make this trip over the pond?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're not losing a home game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, that's, would hate, huge. that's huge and I feel bad for New Orleans losing a home game too, because right. this is a great rivalry, in the league, this has turned into, and I know that Breeze is gone, Peyton is gone, Michael Thomas, don't know about him at this point. Zimmer is gone, like Diggs is gone. All of the characters that were involved in that, you know, Minneapolis Miracle are kind of, you know, no longer on these franchises, but there's still a lot of history with the Vikings and Saints, and this might be like a, a primetime game if it was played in the States. So I feel bad that you don't get that home atmosphere in the Superdome or US Bank Stadium, what have you. Um, I think what what this tells me though is the Vikings might have an early buy mm. because oftentimes teams that go to London get the bye the week after. And mm-hmm. that could mean a week five bye for the Vikings. That's a little too early for my liking, Luke, because that means you got to play twelve in a row mm. after your October ninth bye week, if I'm doing that math right. Um, so in that sense, that's not great. I would much rather have a middle of the season bye. Um But New Orleans also doesn't particularly scare me as a club anymore. I mean, they've got a new coach. They don't have Breeze. It's probably going to be Winston. Um, I don't know about the depth of that roster any longer. So this could be a good chance for the Vikings to take advantage of sort of a neutral crowd instead of having to go play in a tough environment and get a win against a team that ordinarily has been hard to beat.
0: You know, just for the NFL, what a cool concept. They've been doing this now for a handful of years, really broadening the scope again of just the regions that they're touching. So many NFL fans around the world, really cool to see. But logistically for a team, I think it's been said it's kind of a nightmare to have to pack everything up make such a long trip, and then head back home. Like you said, you, you get that early bye week, which, which you know, kind of a bummer there as well. But Vikings 2-0 and in London games. They're looking for their third victory. Remember, they beat the Steelers, uh, what, probably six, seven years ago against Big Ben, and then the Cleveland Browns, I think that was maybe three years ago as well. So this is not their first trip over there they've had. Quite a bit of success over there in London. We'll see how it all shakes out. Last one, what does it mean with Sam? To many fans' dismay, Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill said it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis in yesterday's press conference. What does it mean when trying to evaluate Tannehill's comments and how it reflects on him as being a team player and role model for this new rookie backup? Or is he taking too much heat for this, would you think, Sam?
2: We've been going through this forever. You know, basically mm-hmm. since Brett Favre kind yes. of shunned Aaron Rodgers in the mid-2000s, it seems like every incumbent quarterback who who has to mentor a rookie is put in this spot to answer the question. I can see where that, that would be frustrating. That being said, it's not that hard to say the the right thing, the humble thing in front of the cameras. And then, you know, you can do whatever you want, honestly, right. behind the scenes. Like, you don't need to... You don't need to be a jerk and you also don't need to spend every waking moment with them. Like these guys have so many meetings as a group and they collaborate so often in that quarterback room that I don't know if you necessarily need to to have tutoring sessions with these rookie quarterbacks. They have quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches. There are also other backup quarterbacks. So why does it need to be on the starting quarterback? Um, to have like extra time to mentor somebody, just go about your business and there will be plenty of opportunities to impart wisdom along the way. Um, so, it, I guess it's an honest answer from Tannehill. And you can tell, and obviously, he wants to keep his job. The Titans have played very well with Tannehill as their quarterback. I'm sure Tennessee's having the same conversations, though, as Minnesota. They're saying, can this guy really win a Super Bowl? Um, and the answer to that might be no. And I think Willis is an exciting player. Um, but I don't think Tannehill really owes him all that much.
0: No, very well said. Sam, you survived the gauntlet. Back here tomorrow, recapping Game 2 of the Minnesota Wild and breaking down your Daily Twins recap as they go for their 13th win in 14 games in Baltimore. Dylan Bundy on the mound taking on his former team, the Baltimore Orioles. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Sam Ekstrom. Follow him on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore spinman tune in tomorrow to superior sports talk part of locked on sports minnesota for sam i'm luke until tomorrow signing out
1: this is superior sports talk with reggie wilson and luke inman part of locked on sports minnesota hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on
0: amazon music